0: hello welcome to another episode of the thought leaders interview by the kenyan wall street my name is ali mwakanenogakweli i'll be your host for the show so with me today i have martin mugambi who is the ceo of citibank in um in kenya well north africa kenya, and east africa clusterhead and we want to talk about a few developments in the banking sector with regards to the covid19 pandemic as well as some of the things that we can um look into with regards to you know how banks can respond better uh through different sustainability initiatives and then maybe close the episode on um what to expect in the second half of the year also in line with uh, some of the economic prospects for Kenya and the region welcome to the show Martin
1: thank you very much Ali and uh good to talk to you again um always a pleasure talking to you and uh delighted to be here so as you've said, uh, we're living in very interesting times. Uh, The COVID pandemic now that is almost a year and two, let's call it three months old, has been with us for a period of time and there's somewhat an adjustment that we've all made in our, you know, personal and professional life, especially uh, with us in the banking industry, uh, living alongside COVID and uh, supporting our customers through COVID. So Happy to, you know, get into a conversation with you uh, as as you wanted to get a sense of how we've navigated it, how we've supported our customers and impacts thereof. So let me hand it over back to you um, for the for the questions.
0: Spot on, Martin. um In Kenya, we've had COVID-19, of course, for almost uh, one year, four months. And the beauty of it is we've had enough time to learn from it, make mistakes and uh, sort of make different progress as a country and as different institutions in the economy, from the banking sector point of view, how has the pandemic shaken up banking, both for the good and the bad?
1: Okay, it's a it's a good question because you have to look at both uh, both impacts, right? And just say it's a one you know one way impact and talk about the challenges, but I think it has also created opportunities. Yeah. As you know, the the saying, uh, the old adage, a good crisis presents an opportunity as well. So let me start perhaps by some of the challenges that we've seen. The first impact obviously has been on the portfolios of banks. I think it's not not a a secret when we say that banks have had challenges in terms of um, restructuring uh, their portfolios, given loans to customers that have struggled. The latest data that we have from the, you know, from the banking sector and from the monetary policy committee uh, that was released uh, by the Central Bank of Kenya as of March is that roughly 57% of the industry's loan book um, has been restructured, and that number is 1.7 trillion shillings of loans. Yeah, and if you think about an industry. Uh, you know, loan book of about three trillion shillings, just slightly above three trillion. Fifty-seven uh, percent of the industry's loan book being restructured does not necessarily mean that those loans are in default. It just means that some of those loans have been restructured, uh, accommodations given to customers to support them through the you know the the pandemic, and of course businesses have struggled. SMEs, uh, corporates, uh, consumers. And restructuring of loans uh, by the banks is really evidence of banks supporting customers through this pandemic, through this cycle. Um, So I think that's the most vivid example of how the pandemic has shaken uh, the banking sector. Uh, But on the flip side, I think the other side of the coin is that it has also uh, accelerated the digitalization of the banking industry. Yeah, What I mean by that is that a lot of banks have adopted more digital channels in which to provide their services uh, to customers, over and above you know, the normal payments you know, channels that banks uh, typically use to transact and to provide abilities for their customers to make payments. Essentially, banks are now more integrated to their customers they deliver uh, their services in a more digital manner. Uh, Consumers also consume banking services, not in a physical construct, but more digitally, right? They bank on their phones, they bank on their tablets, they bank from the comfort of their homes. So essentially the delivery and the channels that have been adopted by banks has been accelerated uh, by the pandemic. So it it has actually, um, what I would call, brought forward a digitalization process that would have taken maybe three to five years, it has brought it forward much, much earlier. And by consequence, all banks and I would mean all banks in the industry have some sort of digital strategy now for for how they support their customers. Some are further ahead than others, but it is not possible to be a bank in in the environment that we're in without a very comprehensive uh, digital strategy to support your customers. So I hope those two examples have sort of uh, giving you a sense of what changes have been wrought in the industry.
0: They do, Martin. Thank you. Let's look at this more from an internal point of view, of course. What are some of the steps uh, that banks like City have, have taken to recover from the pandemic? And then, again, we're looking at this from an internal perspective with regards to, you know, operations, expenses, and just adjusting how you reach customers, as well as, you know, some of the rafts you've provided, both for employees and, and consumers out here.
1: Thank you, Ali. I think for City, it has also been an opportunity for us to continue to entrench the way we deliver services to our customers. Uh, for your knowledge, you know, as a corporate bank, corporate only uh, bank in Kenya, and we're fairly unique in the sense that we are the only bank in, in the market that is purely corporate without a consumer business. We already, as a matter of, you know, business, Deliver 98% of our services to customers digitally, right? And this was even before the pandemic. What we've done is now actually taken this as a deliberate strategy to ensure that we don't only support our immediate customers, our immediate corporate customers, but we also support the value chain, yeah, the supply chains of our customers behind them. And what does that again mean? For instance, We have uh, seen that COVID and the pandemic has affected a lot of our SMEs um, in in Kenya. And a lot of these SMEs do business with our corporate clients. So that value chain has been impacted in in several ways. One, of course, is access to capital, ability to navigate the pandemic uh, by being well-resourced, being well-financed, and that has taken a toll in the sense that not only have uh, incomes incomes stride given the difficult operating environment. But a lot of these SMEs have struggled to access capital. So what we've done is try to provide last mile financing uh, to some of our SMEs and some of our supply chain, let's call it partners, in the sense that, A, in doing so, we ensure resilience, yeah? Resilience of those SMEs and those supply chain uh, counterparties that deal with our corporate clients. And then to address one of the biggest needs which is really the access to financing and access to working capital so how we've done that is again through uh, smart partnerships with fintechs fintechs meaning we have brought a fintech to partner with us to provide last mile credit for instance to retail customers sorry retail smes that do business with some of our customers particularly in the fmcg space so that's one way too is also increase our supply chain financing programs, particularly for women-owned businesses. Again, businesses that do provide services to our corporate clients on a contractual basis. So by supporting the value chain of our customers through this last mile uh, fintech-enabled financing or through supply chain finance programs targeted, for instance, to women-owned businesses, we've been able to support our customers' customers through the pandemic, yeah? And uh, I think that's really what it's all about, right? To try and make sure that your customers survive through the cycle, because at some point we will come out of this this period, yeah? And it's good to ensure that uh, our customers, customers are also resilient through the process. But beyond that, we have also seen the need to build what I would call a forward-compatible franchise uh, or a forward-compatible organization. You know, being digital is not just having an app or having digital tools here, but also looking inward to say, do you have the right digital mindset? Do you have the right digital fluency in terms of your own employees? Because at the end of the day, the greatest resource we have as a bank and as an organization is our employees. So we are investing very heavily in building up our digital talent and our digital culture within the organization, within city, so that our employees not only have digital fluency, but we also have what I would call this digital mindset to be able to think digital, to be able to deliver digitally. It does not help if we just focus on the tools that we're using. We also have to focus on our own employees' abilities and abilities to actually think and deliver digitally so to answer your question i think we are focusing on culture we are focusing on on talent and we're also focusing on building this organization of the future which is what i'm calling really a forward compatible uh, organization so a bit of flavor about what we are doing in terms of investing in our own capability from a people point of view
0: martin allow me to drag you back earlier to something that you talked about when you answered the first question with regards to of the measures that banks have already taken including you know the restructuring of loans when you look at um, the relationship between businesses and, and banks in Kenya unlike other countries businesses in Kenya have a closer relationships in terms of access to funding and, and their reliance to banks as a source of funding compared to other markets which I would say would rely more to funding via capital markets you know just Broadening the umbrella here, what is the role of banks in driving economic recovery you know, as Kenya comes out of COVID-19?
1: Excellent question. I think banks are first and foremost an intermediator of growth, yeah? We're an intermediary of capital. And driving recovery is a very critical role that banks have to play in terms of, you know, supporting businesses. And again, if you simplify banking at its very core, we take deposits, uh, we make loans, and we process transactions, and we manage risk, yeah? And as intermediaries and intermediators of capital, the absolute critical role that banks have to play in this recovery is making sure that we are funding our customers, making credit available to the private sector, making credit available to the real economy, making credit available to SMEs, yeah? And that's the core function. And in terms of driving recovery, um, banks have to make sure that access to financial services is also a big part of that that conversation. Financial services, of course, is much broader than just making loans, yeah? Facilitating payments, it's facilitating access to the, the broader wallet of financial services. It's driving financial inclusion, giving optionality to customers, uh, to access you know, financial services. Again, we've talked about not just physically through branches, but different channels, particularly more so digital channels now that we're in this environment that we're in. So what role do we play or should we play going forward? Being mid-year in 2021, one of the key functions banks have to ensure you know, they do play going forward is the pandemic is not behind us we are going to have the pandemic with us for the next 12 to 24 months. It's a a function of how quickly we can complete vaccination, how quickly we can achieve herd immunity, how quickly the economy can recover. The economy has started to recover and I think the full year growth prospects for this year are just about 6% based on national treasury forecasts, but we can pragmatically conservatively say maybe five and a half to 6%, right? To achieve that level of growth, industries have to recover and have to pick up there has to be consumer ability to spend there has to be credit to the private sector there has to be uh, money circulating in the economy and there has to be of course the ability of corporates uh, to deliver that growth through employment and through creating opportunities so that all comes back to again facilitating the economic activity that has to take place and the. Absolute role banks will play in that recovery process is intermediating credit and intermediating capital to flow to the real economy.
0: But earlier you talked about um, allow me to call it the digital transformation, which the banking sector has experienced during the pandemic, you know, when it comes to the channels which you reach your customers, as well as you know empowering your staff to be able to deliver through digital means what has been your experience in i am avoiding the word transitioning to digital because i feel like covid-19 accelerated the process not necessarily initiated it but what has been your experience in the rising tempo of digitization in in the banking sector and how do you think banks can better leverage on digitization to you know boost their offering for for businesses
1: i think you've chosen your words correctly ali We did not start to pivot to digital because of COVID. I think in the sector, most players were already on a digital journey, right? Of some shape and form. Um, But what the pandemic has done is that it has accelerated the uptake of a digital operating model. Um, Business models have shifted. um, You know, I I would not call it uh, dramatically, but they have shifted Uh, quite substantially in the sense that if you just look at the supply chains, right? We are seeing direct to market options in terms of the producer side. On the consumer side, we're seeing direct consumer options. If we look at e-commerce, e-commerce platforms that are today, marketplaces that are bringing buyers and sellers together to transact and, and sell any manner of goods and services across multiple industries. Before COVID, that channel, e-commerce channel was not as prevalent as it is today. And I think when I talk about shifting business models, it's not only banks that are shifting their business models in digitalizing and how they deliver, but our consumers and our corporate customers as well are shifting. So what what is important to understand is that there are three elements that, that are happening. One, there's this shift in business models to adapt to a changing consumer environment, a changing customer environment. Today, customers do not necessarily want to come into bank branches. Uh, They don't want to deal with cash. They want optionality in terms of making their payments, and SMEs, for instance, in terms of uh, how they access credit or just digital collections in terms of how funds flow within the banking system. So what we are seeing is those trends are driving banks to adapt their own business models to address the needs of, of consumers. So this shift in business models again is, is a factor of uh, changing consumer patterns that you can debate whether, uh, you know, it was driven by COVID or not. But what is not debatable is that COVID has accelerated it. Two, we are also seeing this regulatory driven changes, right? Um, For instance, we're seeing open banking, digital money, you know, payment infrastructure changing. If you look at Kenya today, uh, Ali, and I want to use an often quoted statistic, 50% of our GDP is transacted on mobile channels. 50%, yeah? So if you don't have a mobile strategy or you don't have a mobile enabled platform, uh, to to you know to 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 run your business, you are not participating in fifty percent of the value being created and transacted on mobile. That is a staggering number, and again, it is one that banks have to make a choice: either you have a very you know cogent and clear digital strategy in order to partake in that digital um, and mobile-driven economic activity, or you come there and come there late. So we have seen that the regulators are also leveraging on this technological uh, transformation to drive changes within the industry. Uh, you probably may ask, how has the regulator done that? You will probably recall that in the beginning of the pandemic, uh, the regulator in Kenya uh, provided guidance to banks to zero rate transactions on mobile channels, yeah? And that had an effect of not only pushing up volumes, but also bringing customers into the digital slash mobile mobile space. Customers that are not transacting or SMEs that are not transacting there, by virtue of those adjustments and those interventions by the central bank, uh, you know, joined segments that took advantage of those regulatory driven changes. And then three, I want to talk to this issue of the real-time, what I would call the intelligent experience customer, right? Today, customers have shifted. They don't want to go and wait for their money to clear in two, three days or, you know, take seven days to clear uh, a check. As you probably recall, in the days that the checks used to take uh, a period of time to credit your account. As an SME, you don't have that luxury. You want that instant gratification. So I call it the 24-7 economy where customers expect that, A, they'll get value for their services and value very quickly they don't expect to wait very long if you make a payment today you want instant notification and you want instant uh, you know credit to those funds so that that platform of instant payments has taken root yeah and once the genie is out of the box you can't put it back and that is one thing that covid has taught us that it's actually very possible to get that 24/7 economy going and the 24/7 uh, impact, for instance, in the payment space, where transactions are now, you know, uh, being transacted on a on a 24/7 basis, they are being credited on a, on an instant uh, basis. We've got instant payment platforms that have now emerged over and above the traditional platforms that were there. So this is again driven by what I would call this this intelligent customer experience that has been heightened by COVID. So between the shifting business models, the regulatory driven changes and this intelligent experience now being expected by customers, I think you can see how the pandemic has accelerated uh, this, this digital journey. I hope that addresses your question.
0: It does, Martin. Thank you. And um, maybe to the last question, with reference to the numbers that you quoted from the treasury that are projections for for the economy range from between 5.5 to 6 to, percent i would say that last year we we got to see the worst of the pandemic you know with um travel almost coming to a halt, so most of tourism related businesses especially in the in the coast and rift valley region will quite hit and then we also had snaffles in movement of agricultural products but then this year has been slightly different you know with developments in the vaccine and and whatnot what are some of the things that you're watching out for in the Kenyan banking sector in the remaining part
1: of the year? So it's, a, it's, a, it's an excellent question. Um, some of the things that we are watching out for at a, at a global level in terms of the macros is really the pace of vaccination, yeah? Uh, vaccination globally has moved at quite a rapid pace, especially in the Western countries. But in the sub-Saharan Africa space and in our markets in our region, we have not yet moved Yeah, We are still at less than one percent vaccination on average in the African sort of sub-Saharan African space. So how quickly the vaccination process moves will determine how quickly we can get back to sort of some sense of normalcy on the health crisis, which then will transmit into a much more positive economic recovery, yeah. So there's direct linkage, and of course, should there be um, a, a spike in the variants that we're starting to see, uh, affecting the ability for you know com- uh, countries to move towards uh, greater vaccination levels, uh, you know the so-called herd immunity that will then tip uh, economic recovery, these variants are of concern, and we are watching them clearly to see. Uh, how the evolution of so-called Delta variant has impact in terms of the economies. Uh, We've seen certain impacts in some of the emerging markets, which are well documented. I think we are obviously seeing if that impact will be transmitted into sub-Saharan Africa and how the economies in the region, including Kenya, react. So the variants are one, clearly two. Um, We're looking at whether there will be any incidents of uh, lockdowns uh, closures again you know closing of borders has very direct impact in terms of economic activity in our region right uh, the global economy is focused to grow you know roughly five uh, some optimistic measures six percent and of course that growth then will be transmitted into the emerging markets and into the sub-saharan african markets however if there's a, a shock to the global economic growth the global picture, then that has impact to our region. But closer to closer to home, I think what we have to also watch out for is how quickly uh, we bounce back. The first half of the year has not been that robust. Um, I think the direction of travel is positive. Um, Certainly we do not expect the 0.6, 0.5% growth of of 2020. We as a bank have a forecast, as I said earlier, of five and a half to you know roughly five and a half percent of growth this year. So the big themes or the big uh, issues to watch out for, one, vaccination, two, any shocks, global shocks, those shocks could come from a variant or a geopolitical event. And then three, um, the interlinkages between the the emerging markets and the global global economies, in particular, if there is any border closures that would affect export flows out of the region, uh, proceeds back into our markets, that has significant uh, impact to potential growth in kenya but i think uh where we stand as of today uh media direction of travel is positive and we are certain that we feel comfortable enough that we'll achieve that five and a half potentially six percent growth this year
0: thank you so much martin i think that's all i had for this interview uh again looking forward to having you more on this platform